Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek. Today, we are here to talk more Lord Dex as we continue our Lord Dex discussion with Episode 9, Crisis Point. Like always, I am your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-hosts slash Trekkies. Starting with none other than the Stargate story in himself, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I am interested to talk about this show. All right, man. Yeah, I, I think it's a good one, man. I think we're going to have a lot of fun discussing this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also on the podcast, we have the trick historian, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing? Doing good, man. Doing very good. Had a day off again today, so that makes everything all right in my book. Awesome sauce. Also on the podcast, we have the historian, Kyle Jones. How you doing, man? I'm glad to be here. I'm excited to be here. And here we are again. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this episode. So how are you guys doing? Is everybody having a great week so far? Doing OK? Enjoying the, the cooler weather? Man, I can't wait for it. I've missed the cooler weather. Yeah, it's it's getting beautiful outside. So unfortunately, I'm in doing work most of the time. But still, you know, <laughs> at least you can crack the door and not feel like you've got a furnace outside. You know, it's a little cooler, so I'm enjoying that. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. No doubt, no doubt. So if you're out there listening, guys, you can support the show by subscribing, leaving a review, and telling a friend. If you have a review idea, send that along with anything else you wanted to know at fans at DiscussingTrek.com or hit us up at DiscussingTrek on any and all other social medias. So if no news, we will go right into our review of Lord Deck's Crisis Point, which aired on October the 1st, 2020. Mariner repurposes Boimler's holodeck program to cast herself as the villain in a Lower Deck style movie. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. What gives you the right? You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you sprain something. And let's go around a horn and get everybody's high level opinion view of this episode. And I'll start with you, Kyle Jones. What did you think? Best episode yet, in my opinion. I love this. High-level view. I loved this. 100%. Oh, yeah. Are you, man? Best. I, 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 might, I might be along the same lines with you, man, because I, I, I get into it, but I enjoyed it as well. What about you, Jeremy? Did you, what did you think about this episode? High-level view. So I'm not a fan of the Holodeck episodes, for one, and this confirmed why. Wow. Uh, this is I, I did not like this episode at all, actually. Interesting. Wow. I'm shocked. Uh-oh. I'm almost scared next to <laughs> <laughs> hey. Jonathan, what did you think, man? Um, so a couple of days ago you uh commented that it was really good. And I also read a couple of uh, responses on a couple of Facebook groups I'm a part of that were they were pretty much raving about this episode. And the way it's been going, there's been a few episodes that people said was good and I just did not agree. So I went into this with half, half high expectations and half of the same crap expectation. <laughs> I was pleasantly surprised. Oh, man. I was pleasantly surprised. Now, is it going to win any awards in my book? Maybe not. But oh man, you heard me. Good. It's 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 it. It's what I think. The first couple of episodes. This is where it should have failed for me in the first couple of episodes and got better. Hmm. Man, I don't know. I think me and Kyle are going to be on, on our lonesome over here because for me, I thought this was pretty much a perfect episode. I mean, what more would you expect from Lower Decks, a cartoon version of Star Trek that's supposed to be funny? I believe it 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 had a lot of character development in this episode, dealing with characters dealing with their own demons. Um, and then just the way they used the big cinematic aspect of Star, Star Trek and uh, the movies to tell this story um I, I thought it was just all beautifully done, man. Beautifully done. And, and spoiler alert, I'm giving it five out of five. So 
<laughs> okay, I thought can it I was... go ahead and uh, second that? Because I will definitely 100% give it a five out of five. Yeah, man. Wow. It's, 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 the rest of the episodes are not even close to how good this episode is, in my opinion. This one is just so well done in every aspect. For, again, expecting it to be a Star Trek episode show that's funny uh, in our Star Trek universe. So that's kind of where I sit. So let's get into it. Uh, let's just start at the very beginning. Well, let's let's just kind of do like we've been doing it. Um, let's go with what did you like about the episode? What were the high points? And uh, since Jeremy was very low on this, I want to know that he have any high points. So we're just going to start with him. Jeremy, any any high points or or, or likes about the episode? The good for you from this episode? Yes. When it was over, we are one episode closer to Discovery. That was the best part about it. Wow. <laughs> Come on now. I just don't get it, man. Something. I don't get it. I, I really don't, man. It, it, it was visually pleasing. Um, I think they did a really good job with the animation. But I just the, – the, the characters are starting to grate on my nerves now. And this did not help it at all. Even Rutherford, who is one of my favorite characters, was just just aggravating me. Mm. All right, John, did you like anything about the episode, man? So I get I mean, don't take my somber tone as very terrible. Like it, it was really it was a really good episode. Um, and like I said in the beginning, I, I this is what I expected it to be. But seeing as how this is second to the last episode, I expected it to be a lot more. But what did I like from it? Uh, so we had a lot of homage paid toward the movie realm of Star Trek, which was pretty good. Kind of broke away from just the regular series and kind of referenced a lot of movie things in it, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, the story stayed on point in my in my opinion, uh, more so than the last episode for sure. And again, I keep bringing this up. There was a seriousness throughout this episode and they dropped humor in in just the right places. Yeah. Like it was enough seriousness to get me on board with the story and like and like just make me buy into it. And it was enough humor to kind of like relax. It's just animation. It's just a feel good type thing. So that that was good. And as Jeremy say, I'll second the animation or cinematography, however you want to say it, was amazing, especially the dry dock part, which like, yeah. my jaw <laughs> dropped on that one. So that was awesome. Uh, I'm a big fan of holodeck episodes, so that was a big plus for me as well. And there was some character growth, uh, which we really needed in particular characters. So all of that, man, made for a great episode to me. Yeah. What about you, Cal? So I'm not usually a fan of over the top meta where they, you know, take something really real world or make reference to almost real world and just be there in the mix of it. But I loved it in this there from the floating names that they had to get out of the way of to <laughs> the things that happened with Mariner's character. All of that was just it just felt like everything we saw at the beginning and some of the things that even I was not on board with, if we didn't have that at the beginning, I don't think I would have gotten the payoff that I think that Clarence, you and I got out of this episode. So the best thing that I can say about it, what did I like the most was the meta. I just thought it was so cool. Yeah. And for me, like I, I think it played on all of the tropes. I mean, I, I don't feel like, they were ever beating me over the head with any of the tropes that were in this episode. And there was a lot of them, a lot of references, but to me, they all fell within the storyline nicely. You know, they'd give you a hint here, or there is some movie or, you know, a holodeck episode or some holodeck character you've seen in another series, but they didn't beat us over the head with it. It just kind of fell within the flow of the show or the episode without them just having to say, Oh, Picard did this on Stardate. You know, it kind of just all fell within the flow of the show. And every reference I feel was a, was a good one. And for that, and also, you know, John mentioned it, but the character growth was was good for Mariner. And we'll get into that a little bit more later. But 
I just felt all of that was ungreat. And then, you know, the whole psychologist thing, um, I, I think it was well done. You see that in a bunch of shows. It actually reminded me a lot of Bojack Horseman. <laughs> but, but I just thought all of it, all of that was done really well. I think this is a real well written episode for the most part. I think they really took their time to flesh out a real complete story with a lot of nuance and uh, a, a great payoff by the end of it. So, you know, all of that made it just a wonderful episode. So I'm going to go around and we're going to get like, what did you hate? And I know Jeremy will have a lot to say, and he's probably said it already. This is this a holodeck episode. But uh, what, what did you not like? What just made you made your stomach turn just a little bit, Jeremy? The I see. I felt like there was no character growth and I felt like there was just it was an excuse for Becca to whine some more about her mother. Oh, my God. So so and just. Well, well, I'm going to let you continue, but I want to uh, let John and, and Cal, you know, if you want to interject on some of his points, because I have plenty of stuff to say. But <laughs> if you want to counter <laughs> some of his arguments, because uh, because I have a good one against the character growth. But 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 do go on. I'll, I'll wait till you're done. I'm sorry. <laughs> and, and I mean, really, that was my biggest complaint. I just felt like they were all just an excuse for them to whine. Even Tindy, who is usually upright and, you know, sunny and cheery. You know, she bolted about, you know, quarter of the way through, you know, it just felt, it just felt, and I realized it's a holodeck episode. It just felt out of sorts for their character, for them to act the way they did. Dude, it was so much character growth. Tindy bolts because Mariner is putting her in a stereo, stereotypical role for her race people. And you I know. thought that spoke volumes. Actually. It did. S- such Oh man, it was so good. Because usually so, when you hear Orion, you hear Orion slave people, you know, girls uh, dancing and stuff. So I just, I don't know. I thought they managed to flip it on his head and make something that was really interesting and made us. Because you know, when we first see Tindy on the show, we think, oh, an Orion, the Starfleet officer, and it kind of uh, gives her character a little bit more um, development because you know she's kind of like, okay, we're not. Everybody doesn't like that anymore. And it's just like in the real world, everybody can't are not going to fit in one, you know, uh, typical hole or whatever. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad they kind of brought that up because that the Orion species in Trek is kind of lost past. Once you go past Enterprise, like you said, Clarence, any other time you hear Orions, you pretty much associate that with the dancing slave girls. But, I mean, as you learn in through Enterprise, Orions were more of a crime syndicate. Like, there were assassins, there yeah. were hustlers, there were criminal activities. There were more than just the dancing girls. So, I'm, I'm glad they brought that out and kind of put that kind of in open. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if I knew more about the Orions, I would probably feel different. I mean, I just don't know really anything about them other than what you said. There's, you know, the Orion slave girl. I've heard that in passing. That never really registered to me watching her. So, I mean, I'll, I'll concede that if that's, you know, the stereotype that, for the race. And that kind of dry, that kind of drives my point. Like, and most people didn't really get into Enterprise series. So, and that's, I, as far as I know, that's really the only series that ever just kind of mentioned Orion's and kind of went in depth. Oh, well, about they're, they're, they're on TOS. That's what they were first seen. Oh, well, you know, I, I haven't yeah. watched much TOS. So. <laughs> yeah, the the, <laughs> the Ryan Slave Girl originated in TOS. And that's, that's to me, that was, was another thing because it was kind of a, they were slave girls. And that's kind of was a thing of, I guess it's something cool to put in the show in the 60s. But now that's not going to be kind of frowned upon. You know what I'm saying? So to yeah, me, right. that was them. Again, Kyle mentioned meta, but that was a meta way of saying, eh, maybe that wasn't so cool that we had slave girls on the show, you know? Well, I mean, and that's again. I mean, the in TOS, I'm assuming it's pretty much all you've seen of Orions were the slave girls, not really the other Orions. Well, you you didn't get into the syndicate as much, but I think it may have been mentioned. So that was a good thing. So I, I can see the growth in Tendi. It, it wasn't a lot of growth, but it, as far as her specifically as a character, but as a race, I, I mean, maybe not even growth, but it was just a good point. It was a good plot point, I guess. Yeah. So I have a question for Jeremy, because, you know, a lot of times, Jeremy, there are things that you and I have agreed on when there are things that Jonathan and I didn't agree on and vice versa. So I want to kind of get your insight on this. Could the fact that you do not like the holodeck themed 
episodes. And I will admit there are some holodeck theme episodes that grate on my nerves too. Do you think that could have potentially kind of clouded your judgment, knowing that it was a holodeck from the very beginning that kind of, no matter what happened, it kind of maybe clouded the way you perceived the episode. Oh, that's That's very possible. That's entirely possible. Absolutely. Yeah. Hmm. For me, I think the holodeck episodes are fine as long as they're not inconsequential. You know, you have the, the um, you have plenty of episodes to where they're holodeck focused, but they can affect the ship and the people on the ship in profound ways. Um, so the the fact that even though we have this episode that really isn't consequential to the rest of the ship, to me, is very impactful to Mariner as a character. Uh, maybe Tindy a little bit, even, even Rutherford, maybe just a little bit. I mean, you, you mentioned like there wasn't no character development, but Mariner fights herself at the end. I mean, what? <laughs> t- that's like the best character development ever to look at yourself in a mirror and see all your faults and try to be a better person. I, I just thought well, that it, was beautiful. And, and not to read too much into it, but hadn't she been doing that from the beginning? No, she's just been an a-hole the like, whole time. <laughs> But I mean, but you know, still, there's that internal struggle, which I feel like she's been doing from the beginning, and that may be just me reading too much into it. So this is just, you know, her physically fighting herself the same thing she's been doing the whole season. Well, I mean, I, mean, I a- get it. I think I think you're right. She has been fighting herself, but we as viewers have, hadn't really been able to see that. Like we kind of feel it, we kind of get it, but she's never come out and said it. She's never like come out and faced it. And now we actually get to see that in physical form. Mm, and, and I think this, I mean, I think it's more of looking at yourself in the mirror. You know, you may think you need to change or think you're not the best person, but until you actually just look at yourself, I mean, the whole reason she went to the psychiatrist or whatever, the counselor, um, until she just looked at herself in the mirror, she wasn't able to realize how much of a goof she was and, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think it was a, a great way for her to self-reflect and who knows if she's going to be better. Now, my problem going to be is in the next episode, she's back to the old Mariner. Then I would have a problem. Yes, I agreed. Yeah. I expect her to be somewhat the same, but if she's completely the old episode one Mariner, then this episode would take me off at that point. <laughs> and I think the jury's out on whether it, she really changed right now, but. I feel like as far as the course of this episode and where they've been leading to, this has been the best moment for her to deal with herself. Because, I mean, for the longest, she's been blaming her mother. And that's part of what this episode was. You know, herself comes and fights her and saves the mother. So where she's been projecting all that hate on her mother, she really had to turn and look at herself and and see what type of person she actually was. So let me ask a question and no spoilers here at all. But did any of you watch the next time trailer? I did. Okay. Yeah. So they're going to be. I did not. Yeah. Well, you you saw the end of the episode, so they'll be dealing with with Boimler's discovery in the next episode. Mm. (laughs) So that leads me to a dislike of mine. Oh, we could have done without the Boimler parts, like. And it, it just, he irked my nerves throughout this. And I, I get it. That's kind of, I mean, I get it, but it was overkill on his mm-hmm. plot line, I guess you would call it. Why am I just defending the show? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 get, I get what you're saying with Bungler. I 100% I get, get what you're saying. And, you know, Jeremy said the same thing. He, he's just the same old goofy person. I, I get that. I get that. Um, But... I still think he had a lot of good moments in the episode. He was using and and maybe not for himself, but for before, but for references and things like that, because he was using the holodeck as a way to learn the bridge crew or the captain in this instance, so he can get a promotion. Um, so we've kind of seen, I guess we've kind of seen that in other Trek series. I know Barkley Oh, he was just having fun fighting the captain and stuff. <laughs> and that three musketeer type scene. So, right. yeah, I'm trying to think is anyone. I just, I just got like at some point I I got it at first and I was like, yeah, that's cool. I, at some point I wanted him to kind of come to a realization that maybe this is not the best idea or maybe this isn't working. 
What, you know, the, the, I, I, the, ho- the hollow, the hollow novel or what? Or, well, he wasn't writing a hollow novel. He was just trying to, cause to prepare for his interview, he wanted to see what kind of, if he asked how he, how the captain would respond to things that he said, or, you know, he was basically trying to figure out how to get brownie points, how to kiss yeah. butt. Basically. It's not a bad idea. And I get it. It's not a bad idea. But at some point, he had to realize that there was more going on here that was important. Like, I kind of half wanted him to, you know, eventually realize, hey, there's a issue here with Mariner. Maybe I need to take a step back here and help her with this, number one. Or number two, hey, I'm failing miserably at my goal. And I maybe need to re-examine what I'm doing and try something different. I get they wanted to inject a bit of humor, but here's here's where they just go too far with the humor. Like I get this was supposed to be like the fun, funny parts, but it was just too much, overly done. All right. So here here's my thought. And let me preface by saying, Jonathan, what you just said, I a hundred percent agree with you. Your 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 comment is a hundred percent valid, and I agree with you. I think though, where they were trying to go with this was to get what I took away from it was is how his perception from his angle was he spent the entire episode doing whatever he could to prepare for this event with the captain and make sure that he was not only prepared, but was uber prepared. She took away from it, from the way he acted in that little exchange that up, he, he just screwed up. He came unprepared. And I think that was where they were trying to go was how things are perceived maybe because that's how I took it. So, yeah. And I guess piggybacking off what you said, I think it also, and they've done this before, but I think it also was an opportunity to see how Mariner keeps messing up. You know, she mess she messes up at the very beginning, and we'll we'll talk about that because the cool thing about that scene. And and the captain, Captain Freeman, sends her to counseling. But <laughs> but meanwhile, you have that was pretty cool. <laughs> But meanwhile, you have Bumler trying to do everything right, and he doesn't seem like he can get anywhere. But then he gets that revelation, which just gives him a total meltdown. Now, wouldn't you be the same way if you saw this ultra goof off guy in class? And oh, he never really gets trouble in trouble or kick, kicked out of class, but he's a super goof. You know, a year goes by. Oh, he's the teacher's son, <laughs> and he just had a meltdown. So. I do want to see growth in Boimler. I liked seeing him because even though he did have a lot of goofy scenes in this episode, I think he has some good <laughs> ones too. Because we got to see him uh, be on the bridge when they first um, uh, caught up with Vindicta. I mean, he was on the bridge. I thought he did well in that. He was like scanning. You know, he didn't mess up. He was in a, he wasn't a, cl- a complete clown for a moment or two mm-hmm. when he was. Yeah, on the but bridge. it was also a holiday episode, so. True, but that gives me hope. <laughs> <laughs> and it, I mean, it's not even I didn't even go that depth into my dislike of him in this episode. It's just like I just felt like he was interrupting a good episode, like his mm. antics are interrupting a good episode. Like I'm into it. And and here he pops up with this crazy stuff. I'm like, man, I just want like, shut up, dude. <laughs> like, stop. Well, 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 let's let's pivot uh, and talk a little bit about Rutherford, because I think I believe, you know, Jeremy said he, he ticked them off a little bit, too. But he was a little he was goofy in the episode as well. What was Kyle? Was that too much? No, I thought it was cold. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I thought all that worked well. I thought and, and Carrie mentioned this before, and it's definitely true. He's the ultimate geek. He, he he likes <laughs> convening with geeks and geeking out on, you know, engineering stuff and plasma coils. And I don't know. That's just yeah, who he is. And I did enjoy him in this episode as well. Um, I don't know. the the His name was Billups, the other engineer guy. Yeah, Lieutenant Billups. Uh, yeah. Well, I, although the man crush thing was a little heavy for me. Mm, I think they were playing on the whole Bashir thing. Uh, Bashir, um, wow, what's his name? Oh, wow, Chief Chief O'Brien thing. Oh, O'Brien and Bashir. Yeah. yeah, I enjoyed that. I thought I thought it was cool. I thought it was cool. So, Kyle, did you have any huge dislikes you you'd want to bring up before we kind of piece through some of the um, set pieces in the episode? 
I really didn't. I, I can't name anything that I did not like in this. Yeah, I'm right there with you. I enjoyed it all. Um, so let's start at the very beginning and we'll, we'll go through this kind of quick. Um, we see where Mariner thinks she gets a win. She thinks she's done something really cool by liberating this food source from this other sentient species on this planet. And then like the captain just berates her and you know, that's the point she gets sent to therapy. So I didn't realize this, but, but, uh, Eric Hetherington, you know, a friend of the show, Eric Hetherington brought up a very good point in the email he sent over. And he said, this is very much like the Kelpians in discovery because the Kelpians mm. were, weren't they a food source of mm-hmm. the, yeah. So that, that's, that's a good tie in. I like, I, I really like that idea. Mm. <laughs> I didn't think of it like that. They're, yeah, they were the food source for the uh, in the alternate universe. Yep, not the primary though. But weren't they offered up to the, to the Bayul? I don't know if it's food, but we know they were offered to the Bayul. I, I think they were, mm, possibly. Yeah, and and this is like one of the things that get me gets me really confused about Trek. I know we have the Prime Directive. You know, you're not supposed to interfere in non warp bearing species. Um, in their in their affairs, but I never completely understand the rule. Like, if you're on the planet and you're helping them, you can't like liberate these people that are getting that are sentient and being eaten by another species. You know, I you can't you can't meddle in their affairs. You know, I I never completely understand how that work that works. Well, I kind of I kind of took it as like, I agree with it 100 percent because I mean I look at it, you never know the culture and the lives in other species. And you know what I mean? You, you're not talking about like, we're all as humans. I mean, we yeah. can go to, we can go to our run and say it's wrong. And you know, for the most part it is, even though they live differently, it is still wrong. But how can we as humans tell another completely different species that what they're doing? I mean, you never know. Yeah. And then if we get started, if it's not a clear cut rule from the beginning, yeah, maybe it it was a good thing to stop these rat people from eating these guys. But I mean, yeah, they need to be stopped. But what if it's another species that like same situation, but that's kind of the basis for life. You know what I mean? I don't know how yeah. if I'm saying it right, but good, good point. And to me, that's like the best episodes of Trek is when they challenge these norms of these other cultures, you know. Um, they don't just come in and well, they're not supposed to just come in and do a sweeping change. But in a lot of episodes, they do challenge what some of the cultures do. You know, now oh, what I've go ahead. Well, what I've learned throughout Trek and especially on DS9, when you know, a big premise of DS9 was the whole start of it was trying to get Bajor to join the Federation. And, you know, it was a big, big ordeal because they looked at Cisco as emissary, like a godly figure. And. Starfleet kind of had an issue with that because there's really not much they could do about it. They didn't really want to interfere. But if Bajor wanted to be a part of the Federation, part of the Federation charter was that they get they have to abide by Federation rules, which would then kind of impose certain things like, for example, you can't eat other species. (laughs) But I mean, until they agree to become a part of the Federation, then the Federation has no right to change or alter how they live or how they interact as a species. Oh man. Well put, well put. <laughs> oh man. So Mariner goes to therapy. We, we brought this up earlier. Have we seen another episode of Trek where somebody is forced to go to therapy? Uh, a few times. There's no fiction to say. I would think so. A lot of times they're forced to go talk to Deanna Troy. It never really helps in my opinion, but <laughs> <laughs> the only, I can't, can't even really remember one. The only one I kind of remember is an episode of Voyager where you had the dude that was killing people in the in uh was it engineering? Yeah. And they like when they tried the the doctor tried to reprogram him to not be a killer. I think uh, Tuvok ended up mind melding with him to calm him down, and he ends up saving the ship in a later episode. Hmm. Because it seems like most of the times when we see somebody in the counselor's office, it's to me, it seemed like they just showed the scene and they're there already. I, I can't remember a lot of cases where they get ordered there, but I'm sure it happens. Um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but I know it. I think Will Riker had to do one once. Captain McCard ordered him to talk to Deanna. 
and of course, you you brought it up earlier. Um, what's the guy's name? Barkley. Yeah, Barkley. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He's been to order there a few times. Oh, Barkley. <laughs> uh, and I think even I don't know. I may be wrong. I think maybe Data was at one point when he was dealing with his love life, or, or was it his daughter? Or maybe his daughter. I'm not sure. But I know at one. I don't think it was really a direct order, actual, but. It was a strong suggestion, mm. but then and you know you you don't, we don't really have counselors on any other series like outright. Yeah, yeah, that made uh, me wonder. Does does the counselor just have because because we notice this bird guy is wearing a different? He's not wearing a Starfleet uniform. Like, do the counselors just wear what they want to? I, I mean, if they're not in an uh, officer, I think they can wear what they want to. I mean, you don't necessarily have to be in Starfleet to be a counselor. I think Deanna Troy wore a uniform because she actually had carried the rank of lieutenant. Well, she wore it for a a, a season or two. And then she started wearing her leotard. Not leotard, but her Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hmm. uh, yeah. Good point. So maybe they do just wear what they want to. I don't know. What about using the holodeck, holodeck as therapy? Um, that sounds like something that's a good idea. We've seen it. We've seen it used for a lot of uh, a lot of rituals, and I think they that's I think that's what Tuvok eventually used to cure his pun far. Yeah. So yeah, the holiday can use a tool, I guess. Doctor used no uh, doctor on Voyager used it to explore his love life. Oh, <laughs> uh, so let's go ahead and talk about. Let's go to the movies. You know, can't really go, but let's go to the movies <laughs> in this episode. What are our overall thoughts on the? movie in the holodeck and just maybe presentation wise uh kyle did you have any thoughts on the presentation that was put forth with this movie within a episode take yes yes i have three words for it absolutely loved it and if you want me to elaborate i will but that's it in a nutshell i absolutely loved it elaborate what did you love sir uh well for for starters, I think I've already mentioned, I love the fact that you had the credits that were flying out that would actually hit you. <laughs> yeah, I thought that, that was, cool. was freaking cool. I loved the uh, the idea of having the um, first glimpse of the ship and making this making it this huge spectator like sport. Yeah. even down to the crying crew. Thought that was awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and. And the crashing ship again, uh, meta, 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 but so good, it, so good. My, uh, I'm gonna let you guys talk, but my only problem was, I'm like, oh, this movie within the episode is better than the episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh wait, 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 one more thing, one more thing. It even began with a non red alert, non yellow alert, black alert, whatever kind of alert. It was this slice of life where they're out yeah. voting, whatever just like we've seen in other star trek movies yep just like the uh the the pirate ships uh scene in um generations um it man the movie was so good it's like it it, it deserves to be its own thing <laughs> like why, why don't they take the show this seriously because the movie was awesome <laughs> john you sound like you have some thoughts <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree with uh, Cal. It 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 was awesome in in my view. I really really like the whole movie thing. Like, it's gonna be hard to live up to the movie. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Um. The I, so one of my one one. I have a lot of favorites in Star Trek, and I always say one of my. But anyway, this is another scene that's throughout Trek that I just always love to see because we we never really get to see the ship from the outside in scale, if that makes yeah. sense. Like you can see you can see I don't, don't want to say the glory of it, but you can see like the I don't know how to explain it. But you get that like an enterprise when Archer and Trip are flying to the ship and they're kind of looking at it for the first time. There was an episode in TNG where they had a refit or they had a remodel or whatever the case may be, and they've seen it for the first time. Of course, you have the big one in one of the movies. Your Voyager kind of fly. Yeah. yeah, Voyager as well. Like, those are always great moments for me because it's like, man, look at that awesomeness. Like, yeah. And the fact that they held that visual out for like, <laughs> I don't know, like 40 seconds or longer. 
Like, and that just made it like you're just admiring the ship. Now I'm not saying the Cerritos was just that great of a ship, but just the the musical score in it, yeah, and just the amount of time that they spent kind of circling it, it just made it seem like just an awesome ship. Like I was looking at it to see like had anything actually changed? They just like was, up, it was the, the quality up maybe a little yeah. bit. So that was pretty good. Uh, I did get a chuckle out of the flying credits, almost hitting them. Uh, that was pretty good. So yeah, I, I did like the movie scene, that, and and it was a bit of a twist. And I, I always love this kind of a sort of tangent. I love holodeck episodes uh, in Trek because it always gives the actors a chance to be someone different. Like it kind of yeah, it kind of gets them to flaunt that acting muscle. Yeah. Like they do such a great job with the character they always act, but here's another one that they do such a great job with. So I always buy into the holodeck episodes and I get into the holodeck episodes like it's another show. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I forget that I'm watching that particular Star Trek. I'm actually watching whatever they're doing on the holodeck. Like this is actually happening. So that, and I, I think that's kind of what made me like this because it took us completely to something different. Than what we're watching, it was better, which probably made it better. <laughs> yeah, the movie within the movie just was better than the normal show to me. I don't, uh, Jeremy. Uh, I want to ask you like any of the movie stuff in the holodeck was any of that stuff cool to you or you found interesting? Real quick, before we got into that movie, we did see Da Vinci, and that's a Voyager reference. So, did you, uh, at least like that? I did. I mean, it was like I said, it was very visually, it was, it was great. Um, you know, I did like the the dodging of the credits and and little bits like that, but just it just didn't work for me overall. But it was very visually appealing. Yeah, and for me, like uh, the movie again, the movie part was just great. The, you had the, the 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 scratch film, the anamorphic widescreen. You had the lens flare. Um, like John just mentioned, we had the shuttle approaching the Cerritos. Um, the the crash scene that Cal mentioned, which is very much. Um, uh, gener- with generations, um, you had the warp scene, which was beautiful. Warp me, you know, uh, all of the presentation on the movie lair was just magnificent. So let's talk a little bit about Vendicta, Vengeance Personified. Um, again, John, you mentioned these characters really getting into their holodeck roles. I thought, um, uh, Tony Newsom was fabulous as Vendicta. Uh, any thoughts on her and her crew of Tindy, the servant warrior queen, Bionic Five, half man, half robot, and Shimpo? <laughs> oh, God, Shimpo. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite character of the night. <laughs> he was the red shirt in his episode over here. But you know what? Again, I think he was meta in the fact of they were making fun of how Bulmer's character is portrayed. So they were making fun of themselves to some yeah. degree. He, he, even he was like, oh, my God, that is me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Kyle, do you remember this show called Bionic Six, this cartoon from the 80s? No, I remember the six million dollar man and the Bionic uh, woman from the 70s. Bionic Six was like a cartoon, which is pretty much the six million dollar man. Same trope. That's why I thought they were making a reference to that when they called Rutherford Bionic Five. But maybe not. Need to do some research. Uh, I think it was Bionic Man. I remember that. I, I'm a call. I remember Bionic Man, Bionic Woman, all that. Yeah. And I, I, that's why I understood it to be. It, it was definitely Six Million Dollar Man. I know that because I, I remember I, I I had one of the uh, action figures. So, John, were you saying something, man? Well, the, uh, we'll, we'll get to it. I, I don't think we've got to that part. But there was another reference, and I don't know if that was the reference. That's kind of what I took it as. Uh, well, I guess I gonna say the. Uh, who was it, the ensign or something that like tackled Bulmer when he tried to offer a chocolate chip cookie and she called him Jet? Mm-hmm. Was it like the remember that show on Nickelodeon, the famous Jet Jackson? Oh, you said, yeah, because wasn't he like a bionic person? Yeah, something like that. Well, I, I thought she called him Jet because the Jet is the, the black guy that was dating his girlfriend or used to date his girlfriend. It was like a call back to that or something. Because uh, he's at the very end of the episode as well. He throws him <laughs> off the mountain, which I enjoyed. <laughs> and then, you know, in this in this episode, a lot of quoting of Shakespeare, which is a very, you know, Star Trekky thing. Um, and um, 
Vindictive. She reminded me a lot. Have you guys seen this show called Glow on Netflix? Where it's like the wonderful ladies of wrestling or something like nope, that ain't it. Glor- glamorous <laughs> ladies of wrestling. Ladies of wrestling. Gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Gorgeous. Yeah. But Vindicta reminds me of this character on that show called um I think it's Allison Bree is the actor, but it's this wrestling persona called Zora the Destroyer. She acts just like that character. So I'm wondering if they just ripped that <laughs> character off here for this show because she acts just like her. And it's very, very, very much reminds me of that show. Hmm. All right. I ain't got that deep into Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leave the floor open. Anybody have any of the other point in the episode that they want to bring up? Now's your chance. Um. So there was a part that kind of made me laugh out loud, and uh, you know when Vindicta boarded the Cerritos, and there was the firefight, and what's the first officer's name? Uh, I can't think of his name. Oh, uh, Ransom? Ransom, Ransom, yeah. And (laughs) he kind of had this line. He said, can you, uh, you make him talk to talk, but can you walk to walk? And then she shoots him. He's like, yep, she's talking and walking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah, that was, that was hilarious. That was freaking hilarious, man. Oh, boy. I like that phaser she had, too. It's like shooting from like four different spots on the phaser. Like, that was pretty cool. Oh, man. Yeah, that scene was so good. I really enjoyed that as well. And then you have, again, yeah, I mentioned Bumler being dumb. And during during all that, he's just trying to still kiss up so he can get brownie points. So just weird. Uh, I will say when you talk about fights, the Mariner versus Freeman fight and the Mariner versus Mariner fight. That, again, if you look back to other movies, that was very much... It feels like Picard in the end of a bunch of movies where he's like jumping on lattices and from different floors and off of bridges and stuff to, to do these fights. It, it very much is reminiscent of that. You know um, what stood out to me when Mariner and Vindicta was fighting and they were kind of on the uh, like platform type thing kind of remind me of uh, what was the movie where the guy trying to get into the ribbon was fighting Kirk, the one where Kirk dies. Yeah. Generations. Yeah. And they're kind of on this like bridge or like shaky bridge or platform. Yeah. That was really good. It, I, I just kind of love how they went the extra mile on that scene because it could have just had them fighting in a, the ship upright and, you know, some stuff hanging from the ceiling. But no, they crashed the saucer, spent the saucer. And I thought it was really cool how they was fighting on the bridge sideways. And it just gave the bridge a whole different verticality and made it way more interesting than if it would have been just, you know, late uh, in his normal position. So I, I really like that they went the extra mile on that to make it, it. It made it feel grander. Yeah, I can see that. I didn't really I, don't, I really didn't pay much attention to it. I I mean, I had to be, like starting out at the beginning of the fight. I just kind of forgot that they were on the bridge. Oh, <laughs> But I mean that speaks to how how that speaks to how good the show was because again I bought into the story like yeah. I wasn't really looking at whether you're on the bridge or not on the bridge I was interested in the outcome of this situation yeah and 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 writing into the story to where Mariner saves her mother and then outsmarts uh, our Mariner our our smarts Vindicta to like save the rest of the crew. I mean, I, I thought they was just all well written, and again, felt like what a real movie would have been. <laughs> mm. And I'm pretty sure we're gonna get to the next episode, and it's gonna be all crap again. <laughs> hey, let's not judge this episode on the next one. <laughs> like, should not shouldn't this not have been the season finale? It it probably should have been because I can't. There's no way they're gonna top this episode. No way. I just I don't see it. I don't see it. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they can top it, but <laughs> mm, I don't know, man. I, I think this is like about as perfect as a as a um, Lord X episode can get. Now, mm-hmm. I mean, and, and again, like to me, I felt like there weren't those over. I mean, you guys say you didn't like Bomber's performance, but to me, there wasn't that many over the top cringeworthy, silly moments in this episode um, as mm-hmm. usual. So I could have done without the jet skis. I thought that was cool. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, I thought so too. 
Yeah, it's, it's the moment for the the bridge crew to burn. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Did anyone else have any more takeaways before we wrap up and give our rating of this episode? Nope. All right. If not, we'll start with the lowest. Jeremy, what do you rate this episode? So, after listening to and discussing it with all of you guys, I'm going to actually raise my rating for my original half a star to one and a half star. Because, uh, yeah, I, I understood some points you were making. They did kind of make it more enjoyable for me in hindsight. So, one and a half star. I didn't hate it like I did. Just didn't <laughs> like it. Hmm. What about you, Jonathan? Um, so, gosh, I think my favorite episode up until this, I gave it a 3.5. Comparing to that episode, I would have to... I don't, it's about even with me on that. So I'm going to go. Well, I'll say this 3.75. It edged it out just because of the whole movie scene. So 3.75. Cal, what do you think, man? All right. I'm going to keep with my earlier assessment and still say five out of five. Yeah. And as for me, I am right there with you, man. Easy five out of five for me, man. So many good elements. I think we got to see Mariner finally finally face herself and come to grips with who she's been. And maybe, hopefully, I'm keeping my fingers crossed, hopefully a platform or a jumping point for her to move forward with her character progression. Uh, that's something I really want to see. And I think if if she's had a bunch of these moments in this season where you thought she would change. But if 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 this one doesn't do it. I don't know if there's any coming back for the show for me because <laughs> because this is the moment she looks at herself in the mirror, literally fights herself and, and comes to grips with her relationship with her mother. And also, you know, what type of officer she's been, you know, she she messes up this assignment on Cerritos. She she's out of Starfleet. She knows it. So I just feel like if she doesn't change after this episode, and they go back to the same old Mariner. We're going to have problems you know, she likes the warp core, even though she pretends she doesn't. And and we I think we see a great moment at the end, although Boimler wasn't there, Boimler, uh, where she's bonding with Tindy and Rutherford, where I feel like that relationship is truly solidified. And maybe from the understanding between Tindy and Mariner um, that, you know, maybe the, that group can grow better uh, or, or have more growth going forward. So. Um, yeah, five, all that to say five, five out of five for me. All right. Well, that's it, guys. And one more episode left. Are we excited? Not really. Why? Well, yes. I know, I know you're Yes, right we are. <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> all right. Well, let's go around the horn and see what everybody has been working on, watching, listening to, uh, podcast related or otherwise. And let's start with you, Jonathan. What have you been up to, man? Podcast related or otherwise, sir? Oh, man. I, not much. I would love to be doing other things, recreational or relaxational, but just a lot of work, man. It's been a busy week for me. Um, I still I've watched a couple of more episodes of Cobra Kai and that, again, just getting better and better. Like I'm probably going to start back into martial arts here. Soon. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that, that was pretty good. And of course, DS9, man, I'm watching DS9. That's kind of like a nightly thing. I sit down and eat and I turn on an episode of DS9. So you can never have enough Star Trek. Awesome sauce. What about you, Jeremy? Oh, wait, wait, um, wait, wait. I just, oh, oh I'm sorry. I, I got to throw one more thing in there. <laughs> Jeremy, you'll get a kick out of this. So I was watching a DS9 episode last night and it was Funny enough, it was uh, the episode where Bajor is getting ready to sign the Federation Charter and Kai Wynn is in this episode and my wife's watching with me and she, she says word for word, I hate that woman. <laughs> <laughs> so say we all. <laughs> so say we all. Oh, that is, was so good. Is she I, in the I, DS9? Uh, we just she just started watching it with me. She's watched all of Voyager and she's watched bits and pieces of others. So because I'm always watching DS9, she's kind of been watching with me. So and she likes it so far. Awesome. But I mean, she just knows enough now. I mean, and I <laughs> I've never really mentioned my hatred for Kawin. She I don't even realize I don't even think she quite understands who Kawin is as far as in this show. 
But just just that that episode and the past few that she's seen with her in it, she's just agree with me. Like she's the worst. <laughs> oh man! All right. Sorry, Jerry. I don't mean to interrupt you. No, uh, no. Uh, it's okay. I'm used to it from you, Jonathan. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Jeremy, what's been up to, man? Um, I just finished watching a show on uh, Netflix called Shit's Creek, which is a fun. It's a it's a funny little Canadian show. It's got great humor. It's that I enjoy. Jonathan, I mean Jonathan probably wouldn't because he does not like the same comedy I do. But um, just finished that up, and that's really besides working and trying to get my dog to not you know chew through everything is really it. All right, and I'll yeah, put. Shit's- I'm sorry, that, that shit's creek thing is well, another one of those episodes where they just throw humor in just to be funny and it's just overbearing. Mm, well, it's like mm. one of the most popular shows in the world right now. So it's, yeah. it's actually like really it's one of those shows. I thought the same thing too, but then I just started watching more and more of it. Like the like a lot of shows after the first season, it gets better once they find out who they are. Mm. Awesome. Um, yeah, well, that's cool. That's cool. Uh, and also, I was going to say real quick, uh, if you haven't listened already, we did open me and Jeremy did an open channel about Stargate, which was fun to talk about. Reminisce on some Stargate goodness. So definitely, if you skipped that episode or missed it somehow, go back one episode in the feed and check it out. It was it's a good it's a good conversation. If you if you like Star Trek, I think you would love Stargate as well. Stargate is freaking awesome. And we talk about other sci-fi stuff, too, in that episode. Agreed. So great stuff. Oh, heartily agree. Cal Jones, man. What about you? Podcast related or otherwise, man? I would say anybody listening wants to check or who wants to check out other things that we're all working on, you can check us out at DiscussingNetwork.com. Awesome sauce. And I will agree with that. You can go over to DiscussingNetwork.com. Check out everything that we've that we're into. I'm trying to see what I've been uh, I've, I've continued to watch Raised by Wolves, which ends very weirdly, but it's, 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 it's a good ride for the most part and good, good, great sci-fi. And also, um, I've been watching a show called The Vow, which, um, talks all about the Nexium group cult corporation <laughs> and how, you know, some of our celebrities have been entangled in that. So that's been an interesting watch as well. Both of those on HBO, uh, Max. So check those out i think they're interesting that's about it guys thanks for joining in as always you can hit us up at discussing trek on any of the social medias or email fans at discussing thank you for joining and until next time guys live longer prosper Listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com/slash subscribe. for adventure. Your traveling companions are fellow fans of Doctor Who. That's right, it's the podcast Discussing Who, exploring the worlds of Doctor Who, past, present, and future. Find out more at DiscussingWho.com. Discussing Network.